Mutz. Hey, Danny. Guess what I did today? What'd you do today? I got to fly in a seaplane. What? Like, like over, like in a small distance in a seaplane. That is correct. So starting last week, it was our two year, two year anniversary. So, you know, Matsi went, went out. You know what? Trying to are, do something. You know, all, I tried, can, I, we just, can we just establish to... for the world who doesn't know this, that you are the most hopeless romantic on the planet like there are there aren't many of you left you are a rare breed those of you who don't know anything about mods and i'm not going to share too much of our personal well, who am i kidding i share way too much about our personal life but mods is like one of those guys who you just want to love you because when he loves you he loves you right well no, that's why i love you mods has gotten me so many <laughs> exactly great things yeah, no, so we were just talking about this so anyway sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but you are i'm sure you went big so tell me about this adventure I'm I'm like blushing over here. I'm blushing over here, Danny. I'm like I have this <laughs> huge grin true, on my dude. face. You are you are a you are a great. You really are. You're a great friend. You take care of those in your life. I, I do my I do my my best. Um and and for the two year. So for for one year we went down to to, to California. Went to an awesome resort. Awesome everything. Right. And I go right. this year. I want to do something a little bit different. And we had been out to the Orcas Islands and San Juan Islands last year for funsies. And this year I go, you know what? Because you can take a ferry out and you can do all this stuff. And I was like, you know what would be awesome is to take a seaplane. And there's a company called Kenmore Air that like flies all over the flipping place. Like I had no idea. Right. But it's not that expensive, to be honest with you. But you get this amazing view. You're up in the air for like 45 minutes and you're taking off on South Lake Union or Lake Union, I should say. And then you're landing just in the middle of nowhere in some island that's like five people live on. Uh, right. and it's, it's amazing. It's just like the most beautiful, stunning views that I've ever seen of of these islands. Um yeah, we had an awesome weekend. It was, that is, it was that amazing. Is so week. awesome. It's so good. I'm yeah. I'm super jealous and it sounds so much fun. It also sounds like the beginning of a tragic story where someone, you know, does something romantic like that and then they end up dying while they're in the air because they were flying on like a two seater or something. And that didn't happen to you. That's why I that's why I feel no fear in saying that. Because I didn't you know, I would never want to put that kind of voodoo on a situation, but I get scared. Do you, am I the only person on the planet who gets scared about doing rare things? Cause I feel like I read things that say, you know, someone does something totally random and awkward and weird and dies in freak, awkward, weird accident. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that weird of me? It is right. That, no, that's the thing so. I need to no. see therapy, a therapist about, right? You should probably seek therapy. That is <laughs> just in no, general, no, no. I think, <laughs> right? Just, just in a general, right. um, just general you're like, you're like since you opened the life. door, Danny, since you opened that door, I'm going to take that opportunity. So, no, I don't think so. I think that, you know, the, these things are only the first one fit about six people. The second one fit about 12 people. So they're, they're relatively small. And actually, you know what, uh, about a year and a half ago, we were down in California and our CEO at the time, Nat, he goes, Hey, um, you know, my wife's out of town. Like, what are you doing? Mott's this weekend. I go, oh, you know, Heather and I are in town. He's like, um, do you want to come fly my tiny little plane with me? And I go, um, uh, yes, I'm gonna do that. And, uh, so it's only, it only seats four. This is a little twin jet, little tiny itty bitty plane. Okay. And, uh, we got to actually like fly it. Like it was, it was bananas. Now in that situation is one of those things where you hear like, and they took off and then they landed, you know, and like went down, right. um, because it's like, this is my CEO that like runs the company, but also just got his pilot's license. But, uh, it was like, the most amazing <laughs> right. experience ever. <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of experience where you, where you're like, I, you know, group takes trip with CEO, new pilot. 
<laughs> I hate I, I really did not intend you and I were chatting a little bit before the show we were talking about what an awesome friend you are he really is but we don't have to drag on about that and then and I had no idea what this story was going to be about and then you mentioned the seaplane and you started talking about it and I just I go to instant I mean seriously that's my trauma that's my damage is I'm always thinking worst case scenario and chess players do that they do tend to be cynical and jaded because they've had so many plans that they put effort into in life like not work out so i think is that because you, you're you know, always like analyzing like overly analyzing every yeah, scenario think, and looking for the worst outcome right you're, you're, you're a good chess players do honestly good chess players have a little bit of that steinbeck you know at their core where it's just you know of mice and men best laid plans hey guess what all stories have a tragic ending brother now deal with it that kind of thing you know i mean like that's where chess players operate and uh anyway so i think <laughs> You can fly in a seaplane. It's 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 really easy. Like you just okay. get in, you get down. The best part is, you know, when you got to go to the airport, you know, going to the airport, you got to get yeah. there. TSA, you got to take stuff out. You better have pre-check, or else you got to take out everything. <laughs> the cool thing about this, the cool thing about the seaplane, right? They're like, oh, just come to the dock like five minutes before we fly off, and like this plane comes in. It's like, right? It's like landed on the water, and this guy like Mario carts it. Like he's like, like up into the side of the dock. He's like, come on in, guys. It was a little bit more professional than that, but that's how, like, in my mind, I see this right. guy, he's like, Meow, like, totally, like, skid, you know? He's, right. like, red boosting into a blue boost, and he's like, let's do this, guys. He's like, come on in. And it was like, like, that's how, that was, like, my, like, like how it felt to just kind of right. see the seaplane come. Um, but it's super tangible. You can do it. You should do it. I don't know okay. if they're in Arizona. Well, I assume there are a lot of it's seas. about 5,000 degrees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there Too plain. Yeah, very few seas. So hence there are there are less there are even less seaplanes. Um, but it is it is something I look forward to. Uh, Sean and I actually looked into doing a hot air balloon uh, kind of trip, which they do have in like especially in the winter in Arizona. And like there you can like be there at sunrise and you can do some real romantic stuff and get a hot air balloon. And um, so the wifey and I That'd looked nice. into that and we haven't done that yet. You know, hence the, you know. Hence the the awkward lead into you know my topic about what's been new with Dan is of course the kids are out of school you got four of them you got a lot more on your plate and one of the things that's awkward about about school ending is you realize because even even for good parents like I'm not somebody who's sitting here consciously like savoring every moment away from my family like I think I I think very far from the opposite I really really love my wife and kids and like i actually enjoy their company and it's like really weird as right? you should yeah exactly should. But i really do yeah. like i like but i'm not i'm not looking you know i'm i'm almost 12 you know years of marriage deep and i've got four kids and we but we love our life and but when but when kids come home from school regardless of that you realize how much you haven't appreciated all the time they weren't in your presence and so it makes you realize like oh my gosh like like a teacher has been dealing with them and I haven't I haven't had to do that not in the not in the way that you don't love your kids and they're just like fascinating like I've said they're basically children are toys with AI um, until they become real people and you realize the damage you've caused them but for a while they're toys with AI and I love that kind of experience but then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh you actually expect me to raise you for the entire summer don't you like that's the thing exactly. you want me to do and they and, they want they want you to nurture them then you need to right. feed them Danny. <laughs> it's, it's you need like, to put what? food in their mouth 
Right. No, <laughs> you know, and I swear it's so funny because like, you know, I hate to talk about those things like that because you always end up sounding like a dad from the 50s who like, you know, gets challenged on one personal moment and slams his fist on the table and says, I make the money I provide for this family and I drive a Dodge Stratus, you know, like I'm not that dad. Like I'm not like, like don't mess with me because I'm busy at all. But, but I was just joking this week. My wife and I look at each other and go, um, when does school start again? When does that, when does that happen? And, and you, you know you're in trouble when you're, you know, I'm actually traveling this week. I'm not even sure if everyone listening to the podcast already heard the kids running up and down a staircase. If you did a few moments ago, that, that was what you heard. It was kids running up and down the staircase. So I'm sorry for that. But, um, you know, just, that's, that's the life and in, in that's coffee house blunders. If it's, if it's, it's in, if it's in the recording, it's, it's in the recording. If it's on the podcast, that's right. it's on the podcast. And that's that's how life is. When did they get out of school? Because it was funny because we were on the island. It's a great story. We're on this tiny island where there's maybe a thousand people. And it was prom. It was like prom on the island this weekend. I don't know how or why. Wow, so there were like 17 high school seniors out of a thousand people. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm serious. There was about 17 high school um, seniors (laughs) and they were all going to the little tiny uh, Mexican restaurant for prom. It was adorable. Um, and they were all like rolling out to go like, let's do this. And they're all like in their little tiny, you know, high school cars. Right. And, uh, I was like, how awkward is that? Like you literally have what, four people to pick from, you know, like here, who am I going to go to prom with? But I was like, they must be getting out of school. So that's why I thought of you when you were telling me that they were already out of school. But I think Arizona is a little bit different. Like they must be out of, have they been out for a while now or? No, 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 no. It was about the same. They only got out on, I mean, they've basically been out since last Wednesday, but then, like, oh, okay. Thursday and Friday were both half days where they just kind of go in and the teachers, you know, they get the small amount of revenge that's possible against parents by giving your children root beer floats at 8 a.m., you know, and, and then sending them home at, at 11. And so, you know, that's that's like a thing that teachers do at the end of the school year. But I honestly, like jokes aside, have so much compassion for teachers because my wife is a teacher, right? And so she she knows the experience of dealing with kids of all levels of, you know, demographic and socioeconomical backgrounds and those with broken homes to those with perfect homes and you deal with every kid is different and and it's you know it's something that people can lose sight of easily when you get wrapped up in the politics of education but it's being a teacher is really hard and you have to take every kid personally and and and, or you should and um Anyway, so teachers deserve their break, and even though my wife hasn't been teaching for the last couple of years, even though she has her master's and everything, it's just because, you know, we had it, we had a new baby, and so she's been home with the baby, but um, it's it's something we really appreciate the summertime, because it we have this habit where, like, Sean has been teaching for five, six years, and our older kids were always in babysitting, and so I think we just learned to really enjoy the summers when everyone gets to be home, which it's a true summer vacation when you have a teacher in the family, you know, because that's, like, their yeah. only time yeah. off. Is like a month yeah. and a half there. Man, how great would it be if every job you just happen to get three months off in the summer? Just like, yep. you know, it's like have funsies. Like just like that would be how awesome would that be? Oh, my goodness. It, it is awesome. Like that part of it. That's why we, I think we always tend to enjoy the beginning of it, too, because it never is quite three months off. If you're, you know, toward the end of July and everything, you're already planning the next year and yeah. you got teachers meetings and all those shenanigans. But Anyway, overall, enough, enough of my personal life, but yeah, so that's what yeah. we're dealing with this week. Kids, kids home from school, kids, parents realizing they have real responsibilities and, and then, and, and seen as they say, right? <laughs> kids home from school, parents, <laughs> parents irritated and seen. So, well, let me tell you, Danny, you don't even need to tee this up because you just teed it up for me because okay. I have something that will completely 
ruin everybody's life in the household, but also take care of this gap that needs filled for this for the summer and your children because <laughs> Nintendo and the Pokemon company have toppled themselves yet again because they released a brand new game that is set to destroy at least my life um, a little bit, which is a thing called Magikarp Jump. Have you heard of this at all? Have you seen this at all? Because it's gosh darn amazing. None of those things are words. Magikarp Jump. Is that one Jump. word or is it what is the deal? So, no, I obviously haven't heard of it. I Go ahead. Now you're you're familiar with uh, Pogo, Pokemon Go, if you of will. Of course. Uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, let's not give nicknames to something that doesn't need a nickname. Okay, let's not. I mean, it's it's like Pogo, Pogo. it's like BRB, which is the exact same amount of syllables as Be Right Back. You know, why do we have to do? I mean, I know Pogo is a little shorter, but uh, Pogo. All right. Anyway, so go ahead. So what's going on with the new the new Pokemon craze? So here's the thing. So obviously Pokemon Go is this craze, this AR thing and stuff like that. Now, um, the Pokemon company, they release games like all the time and it's not like not a big deal. Now there's this Pokemon because I'm a big Pokemon fan, as you can obviously tell from my excitement already on this blunder. <laughs> in, in your voice, it is obvious. Go ahead. It is very obvious. I am like a kid in a candy store because I'm now filled with the most worthless Pokemon in the world of all the games. So at least the original 150 was this Pokemon called Magikarp and it's a fish Pokemon. And all it can do, it has one attack, which is called splash. And it just flaps around aimlessly, like on the ground, and it splashes and does no damage to anything. Okay. Right. So that, like, it's like a goldfish, well, that'd be goldine, but it's kind of like a big uh, <laughs> koi fish. Yes, I know my 150. You are nerding out right now, and somehow, some way, it's making you more adorable. I have no idea how, but go ahead. I mean, this is this yeah. is a nerd. You've you've jumped the nerd shark, so to speak. <laughs> I've I've jumped the magic carp. Um, and so here's the thing: literally jumped the magic carp. So so they released this game called Magic Carp Jump, and your entire job is to raise, like, go and fish for Magikarp and raise them by training them, by, like, beating up a punching bag and, like, by popping balloons. And then you challenge other Magikarp um, to see how high they will jump. So you collect jump points, and you can level up your Magikarp, and you literally go, and you don't battle. You just hit a button that says jump. And based on, like, your level, like, your, your Magikarp jumps into the air. And if you jump higher than the other person, this is not multiplayer. This is just against a computer, right? then uh then you win and you continue on you get points and you as as you get higher you can level up and become more powerful like what magic carp what happens if you jump get, like and the other guy jumps higher then well so here's what happens is if you so if if you start off and you just kind of like a, a go for them and you're like i don't really know how powerful they are then you just kind of get set back and you can't play you can't like challenge again for a half an hour but if your magic carp is at the at the highest level then he that he or she gets retired in quotes retired well, um, and as we all know pokemon a, can a die or a bad thing like is this a a forced retirement that your school made you take because you were about to reach your tenure and they just didn't want to pay you or is it a is it a is it a positive retirement that you took you know willingly it, it's a little 
it's a little bit of both because they <laughs> you essentially they're forced they're forced to retire, but then they get to swim in the background and like you can tap on them, but like they they don't get to eat anything <laughs> anymore. <laughs> that sounds exactly like so many of the uh, teachers who were forced to take retirement, forced leave before they could reach their tenure. Who now now they're available to tap and come in as a sub and get paid less per hour than they were previously. Why am I defending education and the bureaucracy that is the infrastructure of our completely bloated society i don't know but i am gonna do it because i think that teachers this happens to teachers a lot you know and then they're forced to come and be subs and make extra money but they're not an official teacher anymore i mean it sounds like this is what you're doing to mag i'm on the i'm on the fisher's side i'm on the fisher's side here that's how i feel <laughs> yeah it's um it's, uh, it's quite a experience i would say and here's the thing is um Heather may have caught me playing Magic Carp Jump uh, about 28,000 times during our little holiday, but uh, it's kind of taken over my life in a way because I'm just like, I haven't paid any money. Okay. So I, I do a really good job of, you can buy little things and c- right. continue to play. Like every half an hour, I'm like a kid, like in a candy store, like, am I filled up? Is my tank filled up? Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know? Um, so anyways, it's the best thing ever. Um, I'm pretty excited. I will give a Magic Carp Jump update next week to let you know uh, what level I'm on. But already, yeah. so if any jumpers are out there, um, that's what I'm going to call us. <laughs> um, I'm around level 25, 26 of my Magic Carp, right. and I am progressed onto the fourth championship. Samuel so Jackson, uh, will, uh, he'll reach out to you. So, yeah. So anyways, did, did you get that introduce this to your Yes. Anyway. Yes, I got that. Yes, I shook my head. <laughs> okay. <in disgust. laughs> You're like, yeah, Danny, I, I got that incredibly obnoxious reference. It. Pretty good movie, though, actually. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Looper. Have you seen Looper? Oh, that's that's what I was thinking of too. That's so funny because I that's how bad my reference was. Is I was I said Jumper, and it's actually Looper that Samuel Jackson was in. So was it? Wait, no, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. No, it is Jumper. No, no it Looper. Is Jumper. Looper is Joseph. GGL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Bruce Willis. That was a phenomenal movie, yeah. actually. Looper. Yes. Jumper, I, I like hear that was one a lot. Jumper was with Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, and Sammy J. And it was awful. Sammy awful, J. Awful, awful. Sammy. J. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It does look absolutely. Just the cover art looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You, you know that was a straight to DVD option. Like it was considered, you know, like sometimes like these production companies have to consider like, okay, guys, are we really doing this? Are we really pushing this to theaters? That kind of thing. So, oh my gosh. Well, Danny, you know what time it is because last night on the seaplane, (laughs) I attempted to bust out my 1992 little tiny metal. You know what I'm talking about? Travel chessboard. And as oh Heather and I my. played chess, we reminisced of the days of yore when we thought that chess mattered. You know what? But Danny, we needed to hear from the source why it still matters. You know what? First of all, thank you for referencing a, tra- a travel chess set. Because like some of the things I'm going to talk about with chess today, most people don't even know those are things, right? It's like a, a small a small little pocket chess set. Um, mm-hmm. You but open yeah, it up I mean, and just the chess pieces fall everywhere, even though yeah. they're magnetic. <laughs> and you know why partly people don't think it's a thing anymore is because why would you even do that? If you use the mobile app, you can just play you can just play chess and just hand the phone to the next person. Just use the chess.com app. Like you make a move and give it to her and she makes a move. And uh, sorry, anyway, no, that <laughs> that's that's partly that's true, why though. that's, that's not that's a, a thing better, anymore. Um that's a better way to play. 
That is. It, it, I mean, that's that's one of the things that technology has done to improve our lives. Um, so one of the things, you know, why am I traveling this week? I'm, I'm out of the, the old office where um, those who are unfortunate enough to have enough time on their hands to watch me do the things I do regularly, bullet brawls and speech chess championship shows and all the things I do from the from the little studio office, I'm I'm out of that this you know over the next couple of weeks, partly because of the kids, partly because of some summer chess camp season. One of the things that's funny mm-hmm. that I wanted to touch on is like so many kids at so many kids have have gone to summer camps. You know they they mm-hmm. do you know they go to summer camps wherever that is, and they you know lake you know insert some like Lake Waukegan where there's a horror movie. I don't know, like you know they they go to they go there's to summer camp. There's a blob, exactly. Yeah, like there's balls. a blob or a or, yeah. a, or a or a hockey mask, and um, so there are there are chess camps just like summer camps, and you know this is where parents send all their kids because they they. Maybe their kids are good at chess, but even if they're not, it's a great opportunity to to feel like you can tell your the other parents in your in your peer group. Oh, I sent my kid to chess camp this year because that sounds pretty intimidating. I feel really cynical today, <laughs> but but no, you know what? Those summer chess camps are a really cool thing. I, I get invited to teach at a number of them. Um, a lot a lot of top chess coaches do, and I don't I don't normally get involved in the summer chess camp circuit. You know where where you're teaching mm-hmm. at different camps, but I am teaching at a couple this year. And so, um, it's uh, you know just kind of cool. Are you are you are you kind of coming in? You're like, hey, I'm I'm Danny. You know, like these, you're like a, you're like a superhero to them, like a, a chess superhero. You come in with like a chess cape on. You're like, hey, I'm an international master. What up, guys? I'm going to teach you guys chess. Like it's going to happen. Like, and I'm imagining. I'm imagining that like every like there's like when I think of a summer camp, like I think of like people getting dressed up. So like people are like dressed up as like knights and pawns, and they're like they're like doing a little skit. That'd right, be adorable. <laughs> but then you First come all, in. And that like was, the, this the is why you should you should be in charge of chess marketing. And, and by the way, on the Magikarp jump thing, I wonder if sometimes if people would like a like what if there was a cool app where like you played chess and like you learned different chess things. Like you had to learn how to practice how to you know from the basic stuff from moving pieces, moving a rook, and learning yeah. what checkmate is to beating a computer at a very low level. And then if you get to a certain level, you get to battle like Danny Wrench versus Magnus Carlson. And like these little like, you know, stickhead avatars show up. They look like something from the Canadians of South Park, right? And they like battle and they like oh, fight each other. How funny would that I was just thinking about that. Like one of the things that's missing with chess is like little mini games in between the improvement process. What if I mean, I know yeah. I'm giving away our ideas here, but what if we did an app where, you know, Magnus Carlson fought Hikaru Nakamura, and then, like, Hikaru's outrated by Magnus, but he learns the ability to, like, you know, eat double cheeseburgers by the pound, and that makes him bigger, and then he can smash Mag. I don't know. I mean, let's just, like, let's let's get creative here and find ways to give these chess stars, the very few that there are, a little more life. So I digress. Let's go back. Yeah, anyway, so back. So, yeah, so chess camps are not as exciting as you just described. But they are. They, they are. Could fun. Be. They could be. They could be. You know, and I think if we had an app where, you know, kids could do that. Kids don't really get awed by me in that sense from like the title perspective. I mean, I'm an international master. There are grandmasters that teach you these things and guys that are a little more high rated. But I do get it is fun. I do get a lot of people, you know, 
asking about videos and different things. And you always get that one kind of kid who's just like a little socially awkward to not realize how it comes across when he starts screaming at you like, Danny Wrench, in your ninth video of the Isolated Queen Pawn series on chess.com, you claimed that the queen should go to H5 and, and like says something where I just like kind of black out and I go like, who are you exactly? To Anyway, it is fun to have like made an impact in that way. Um, but in terms of in-person stuff, it's it's a lot of it is just kind of a good way to remember, you know, human connection and, and get involved in different areas of the country and kind of have some fun. And I, I really don't don't do it for for any reason other than some personal connections with people that started these things. And they kind of will you come and, you know, so you kind of you kind of do it for that. It's not really a, I wouldn't say it's a brand expanding endeavor since just about everybody there is already using chess.com. And it's certainly not something that, you know, it's not a whatever it's not a financial thing or anything it's just it's something to do and it's kind of fun and i really enjoy it and i like i love teaching kids i love teaching i'm very passionate about the process of explaining ideas to somebody and having them be better because of it and i think that's an important you couldn't do what i do if you didn't because honestly like if it was just like oh i'm really good why don't you understand something as well as i do oh you don't you suck you know like i mean the whole process of a you know it's a muscle you build and and then i've learned over time where i could have been a better teacher and all of a sudden you're like oh my man if i if i understood that like this person wasn't quite comprehending 5 years ago i would have been a better teacher so that's become like my own labor that i've learned to love is the process of getting better at communicating something in a way that somebody can you know make applicable to their own games and actions immediately and and that's so that's something i like doing so anyway that's why i like I teaching also, it yeah i think also like when you go you you can it's not like you just started playing chess when you're like 21 right you have this great legacy of becoming you know arizona's you know youngest national master at 14 right. where these kids might be you know 10 12 14 you you can you can like relate into like their age of when you were starting chess and when you were getting into this rank and then also at the same time they could be asking you questions and you can you can tell them the stories of of, of who you are what you went through and that kind of gives them hope i mean like when when i you know met some early game developers and you know when i when i was like working and things like that and met developers it kind of is an inspiration which is why you see more and more um uh, schools actually like do field trips to to microsoft or google or to other smaller right. um, companies or other companies to be like you know we want to um inspire. enhance them or we want to you know inspire them to like whoa i like i could do this like these kids have interest in science or math and look right. at these awesome careers that are out there like what look what you're doing right and, like these kids could have an interest in chess but they might be like freaking youtube all-stars right and they become right. the next youtube chess like sensation you know what right. i mean and it's just kind of one of those things where if if the kids they don't aren't introduced to to somebody like like yourself or other people like under other grandmasters or international masters that that take the time out of their days just to spend a little time um you know they might not get that inspiration so i think it's it's super awesome yeah you know you, you said it well and one of the things that uh has been funny is one of the kids that i i kind of made a that that whole little tangent I went on about the Isolated Queen Pond series is actually a specific kid who I'm not going to name, but oh, like he is, he has actually grown on to become one of the most phenomenal players in the country for his age, uh, breaking records locally in his state, and um, and has reached out to us on Chess.com and just wants to, you know, like you don't want to 
his dad has just said like Danny like he like wants to do what you do right which when my own kid says that I'm like what are you doing like no you know pull it together <laughs> but this dad is like oh that's great you know let's let him be like Danny for whatever reason and so uh, when my kid's like I want to be a YouTuber I know that he's just saying that because he wants to be lazy and just thinks that magically people get paid to play video games um, but this kid is a true is like really really special and, and so we've been helping him and um, it's really fun to see him get involved and kind of let his personality out and uh um, you know, again, like technology has made it so much easier. We talked about this in a few podcasts ago, right? Has just like expanded the opportunities for people to have jobs as much as people. Some people would say it's taken away jobs. I think it's expanded things and people can really connect with others. So anyway, that's fun. I'm excited about teaching some of these chess camps. I didn't do, I didn't say yes to as many chess camps as I, as I could have, cause I didn't want to do the full summer circuit traveling. And it was just about a couple connections with people that started these awesome mm-hmm. chess camps and it's a lot of fun. So but anyway, That's we've awesome. also got a, you know, so the other big thing that I'm, I'm doing is the Speech Chess Championship. Now, I understand you watched some of the Speech Chess Championship from last week, right? Yes, yes. Like, well, it was a big week last weekend because Karyakin crushing, just, just, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, poor Meyer. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Meyer's Meyer's great much. guy. Yeah, he crushed Great him. guy, but crushed him. And even <laughs> right. Wesley So, just, I mean, a, gr- a great battle, right? You know what I mean? I mean, much, much closer, but I mean, the Karyakin like is, is phenomenal. I mean, they're great to watch. And if you go back, we have links in the show notes that you can go back um, a few, few weeks to uh, Nakamura, right? And, and also crushing and <laughs> like destroying, but um, these are fun. These are fun to watch. They are fun. And so maybe you could keep, keep, bring us up to date on what's happening and yeah, the, what, so where this is going. Cause I didn't realize that it's, yeah, I didn't realize that it was like way out there until December is the championship. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's you know, when the second round is reached from October to December, it's going to be much more intense, uh, not necessarily every week, but much more back to back to back to back where there there will not be so much downtime. And one of the issues is, you know, anybody who checks out the speed, if you just go to speechchesschampionship.com or anybody who checks out, you know, what this event is all about, you see the list of players. If you don't know anything about chess, these are you know, it's not exactly the top 16 players in the world, but these are 12 of the of the top players in the world and working with their schedules with the amount of events they've committed to often very, very far in advance is kind of tricky. So one of the things that makes this event what it is, is that we we don't try to push around other tournaments. We don't try to conflict and say you have to do this. And, you know, we want the online aspect to be super convenient because we're, we're, you know, we know that we're com- com- um, commanding, excuse me, a lot of eyeballs and a lot of people are going to watch it, whether it's on a Wednesday or on a Saturday. We don't need, you know, a primetime slot. We can work with these guys on their schedule. And, um, yeah. And so because of that, there, there, there teams, there's some gaps in the schedule. Right now, there's a bit of a gap from the end of May until July. We actually don't have any events. Um, and then we get some of our biggest matches back-to-back, then a small break again in September. And then we have, of course, the biggest of all. You have Magnus Carlsen making his first debut. Uh, he's the defending champ for the format and, you know, the defending world champion, world number one. Ma- Magnus, just, Magnus just brings... He's he just brings such an audience, um, and he um, so he will be playing on October fifth, and assuming he moves on to the next round, there will be events happening basically every week until mid December uh, to decide who the the speech chess champion is. And you know, despite how Magnus looks in the picture 
of the of his thumbnails <laughs> of his I, love it. I, I was you, I, i'm scrolling down i'm scrolling down the website you know most people just kind of have this 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 head on just like here's my headshot a lot right, of right. people with their um their hands like their they're like a fist like on their face like ooh, we're like really you know right, focusing and then you scroll down to the bottom and then you have magnus carlson just yeah. i couldn't even describe like, so I, I described this face well it's who took my cookie like, oh, have you guys seen who, like, where's my snack? Like, he's where, like, because he, he's not angry. He's not angry, but he's sort of curious as to what is disturbing him. Like, like, where'd it go? Something happened. He's confused. <laughs> did, 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 it's like, did that, did, did you see that? Like, did, you Anybody know, who's I mean, watched I, you can me, picture this. And he was watching me do commentary for events with Akaro Nakamura, even when Akaro was not on. His facial expressions are so uh, legendary, which is something he kind of stole from Gary Kasparov, who was always known as a very, very animated, uh, often sort of accused of using his uh, gesticulations with his hands and his focus and his different face uh, face expression, facial expressions as you know, ways to distract and intimidate his opponents. Hikaru Nakamura is a very animated chess player, very similar to Kasparov, and so I've joked that he has, you know, uh, you know, into the mid 30s of different Hikaru Nakamura expressions from the, you know, from the I'm pretending to respect the move you just played, but I really don't think you're very good. <laughs> to you know, to whatever, right? So there's so many Hikaru expressions, but Magnus, Magnus doesn't have quite as many, but he's got a few, and this is a. The main picture we chose is a who took my cookie. There's also a, you know, why haven't you resigned yet, Magnus, which is a bit of an <laughs> eyebrow raise. And he doesn't shrug his shoulders, but he kind of might as well. You know, and there's 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 so many Magnus Carlson faces. I don't know if you want me to run through the whole gambit, but there's a lot of them. There's also, um, I can't get this song out of my head, but I'm pretending to think about a chess game, Magnus, which everybody has had. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. It, one of the things about this format, and I know that I'm, I'm sure there's people that are listening that haven't checked it out, but it, it is so interesting to see some of these chess players just up close and personal where you just think of chess as a non, you know, a very emotionless, non-intrusive kind of game. And we get these webcams on these guys and some of them really like it. Some of them are like giving us entertainment and kind of bobbing their head and doing stuff. And it's fun. I really love it. It, it gives me something to talk about because we, we know chess is super boring. But but the the facial expressions give me something to talk about. There were some good uh, good gifts too that I saw this week uh, for, that were going on, like just kind of like from the actual speech as championship. People were putting them together, so it's fun to watch. And, and we're gonna have a link directly to this photo, by the way, that you can just click on this link, and, and I'll put a. Uh, it'll be called uh, "Who Took My Cookie?" Uh, <laughs> link in the show notes, and you can literally just see it. It's, it and it does define it. So, and his hair is just scruffy. Like he's like he was just got out of bed. You know, he's just like I just really want my. Who took my cookie? You know, right? Um, <laughs> he woke up looking forward to something. Right, so, it's not there and he I've been watching. <laughs> he looked like what? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so this week, Danny, uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, chess today, and I've been watching a lot of the speed chess uh, championship. Um, and one thing that I, w- I was noticing uh, on two occasions, actually, of of some key phrases that you were using, and uh, you know, we like to end the show on a Mats Aston International Master, Mats Aston I am, right. uh, of something that I I don't know some of these terminologies, and I could go look them up, and I could figure out what Wikipedia says, and I could go to chess.com and like figure out the moves. But sometimes I like to hear it straight from the source. Um, but you kept using this this phrase, and it seemed like you were frustrated because you're like, where you, you kept saying, "Where's my mating nest? Where's my right. mating nest?" And I understand that you want to, I'm assuming it has something to do with mating, not 
<laughs> with people, but with checkmating, if you will. Right. Um, but it, it's the weirdest terminology that I've heard. It in the one of the funniest things that ever happened during a chess show was when I was because you know when you when you're raised in in something, and I've been you know playing chess since I was nine or ten, and then a professional since my you know early teens, and the terminology you pick up that is beyond just the basic terminology where if someone's saying touchdown, receiver, quarterback, you know what they're talking about. Then someone says dribble, you know, dunk, you know, uh, whatever, uh, shoot, and someone's like, oh, basketball. So there are terms that we hear where you associate something, and, and so if there are those basic terms like checkmate, um, what would be another term for chess that would make people guess chess? Checkmate, um, I, that's a funny thing. I don't actually have a whole bunch off the top of my head because I can think of a million chess terms. But what else says chess to somebody who doesn't know chess other than checkmate? That's why people use checkmate in pop like culture, pawn, right? They go, knight, um, queen, probably yeah, just the I, names I guess of the pieces. that's true, but even yeah. – even, yeah, I guess so, yeah. So that might, that might work, just the names of the pieces, but um, – so, but then there's advanced terminology, right? In everything you do, like you have, I'm sure, a million things you talk about, whether it's, you know, abbreviations for things or even acronyms or just terminology you use. And so a mating net, when I used it, <laughs> when I used it in a show, I still remember this because it, one of those moments where I burst out loud laughing without even knowing. I was, I was doing a show with an amateur who knows nothing about chess. And I said, okay, well, then Black is caught in a mating net. And he goes, well, that sounds barbaric. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh, a mating net sounds like some sort of, you know, like really inappropriate, like torture device to trap, to, you know, <laughs> like whatever, right? Sounds it's, not good. Something not good, a not, mating net. And, and, and so it's the way you just talked all. about it, the way you just talked about it right now made me think of that time when, when someone called a mating net barbaric and it caught me off guard and I just, you know, I literally LOL'd. And whenever you literally LOL with someone, you have to say L-L-O-D, right? It's not just L-O-D, it's like, or LOL, it's L-L-O-L. You literally laughed out loud just so they know that's not just you using one of those, you know, BS things that all the new kids do, the millennials, right? It's you L-L-O-L'd. You literally laughed out loud. Um, Put through an emoji at the end of it, right? It, it, okay, so back to mating net. So a mating net, obviously short for checkmate, is is a is a process in which um, a king is. It, here's the thing: when, when you establish a mating net, you don't need to see the forced checkmate because you know the king can't get out; he's in a net. So okay. imagine a scenario where a king is in a position where. Okay, he his options to x to, to x square are limited because you have a bishop guarding that square, an escape square, mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. the, he can't get out on this open file because you already have a rook there. So what happens is strong players create you know communication and coordination amongst their pieces where the net just happens. And then okay, do I see the force checkmate right now? Not really because it's a blitz game or a bullet game, but he's in a mating net, so he's trapped, and so it's only a matter of time before this guy is checkmated. So the term mating net is used, you know, as a way to describe the proper way to set up your pieces to set up a mating net where um, 
again, I wish I had, uh, this is where, sometimes you ask chess questions, by the way, which are not, no, okay, every chess question you ask is phenomenal, not sometimes, but sometimes you ask them where I literally wish I was giving a lecture because I love teaching so much if I had a chess board for the viewers. But if someone imagined a king on, like, a back rank, and he'd like to run, run off the back rank, but you have a bishop guarding that square, so that escape square is taken. It would be check. So he's trapped there. Then he, then he would like to move over and run out of the open file. But, you know, you know one of those scenes in a movie where, like, someone's been caught, and then he tries to run out the door, and then all of a sudden somebody steps into the door. It's like, oh, man, yeah, busted, yeah. right? Then he's like, oh, I'll go out the window, and then, like, the window's locked. You know, and like, so like, like the king gets trapped and any sort of escape route, a file, a diagonal, a square is occupied by one of your pieces. Do I have, like, am I delivering the checkmate? Maybe I don't even see the mate. But the king is in a net, mm-hmm. and, and and he can't get out. He can't, he get, can't out. get out. And and so very very soon, mate will follow. So Got sometimes so it's kind of like the run up. Yeah, it's like and the sometimes your king gets caught in a mating net, and but okay, in really close games, sometimes your king is caught in a mating net, but you deliver a mating net of your own or a force combination of your own, and they never have time to execute on that net. So a mating net is a is a is an area of the board in which you have basically trapped the enemy king without delivering checkmate. They are trapped in a net. Got it. Um, and just they like fish, they may have gotten themselves. They may have gotten even themselves into the mating net. Right. So they've sort of walked themselves into a bad situation, right? And and like you think of fish, like if fish are swimming in a net, they're being pulled up. It's not over yet. Hashtag if anyone has seen Finding Nemo, that I know that's a long hashtag. But if anyone has seen Finding Nemo, you know that they get all the fish working together and they do beat the net. So it is possible to get out of the net according to Disney, whatever. But um, <laughs> but you get it, okay? A mating net is... Yeah. But short of some Disney magic where some dads and some fish that has, you know, short-term memory loss get together with a bunch of carp, you know, uh, other than that, basically mating nets are super awesome. If you trap your opponent's king in a mating net, usually the end is nigh. You like that? I love it. That's good. Okay. That's there good. Go. All right. There we go. Mating net. Well, Check. you know, boom, I boom. mean... So there you go, mating net. And uh, if you, you know, if you get someone a mating net, usually the mate is, the mate is nigh. I like using nigh because I've always wished I was trapped in a J.R. Tolkien novel. I want to use old English terms in a way that is still appropriate. You know, um, so it's very hard to do that it's in regular well. speak. Yeah. But if you know what I always liked was um. Like classic Knight's Tale type of stuff, like right. just like the the selective words that they use, so the the the, the, the is near or something right. like that. Yeah, right. um, that'd be cool. Right. Go back in I, time. I do. Love I was that. on a seaplane um, this weekend, so <laughs> it kind of felt like a. You're, I just you're to remind you that I was. I Can we go back landed. and just do this whole podcast over? Because that's how much fun we had. <laughs> no, it was a uh... landing on the sea in a plane. Well, I'm glad you weren't thinking the end is night because, you know, those things are so safe. And I just have, you know, I have my own, you know, it's not PTSD, but I have my own weird mental illness that comes from the dysfunction of my family where I'm always thinking about negative consequences of everything, right? And everyone has those things. But I feel like combine that with the, you know, what I'm going to touch on in the future is why people think chess players go crazy because I have a very, very important theory and speech on that that is not as um, damning to chess players as they might think when they're like, oh, you know, chess players, you know, if you're really, really great at chess, does that mean you're crazy because of the Bobby Fischer syndrome? You know, yeah. um, so anyway, but he's kind of like your 
it's kind of like you're playing Mario Kart and you're always being chased by a, a blue shell. Is that, is that, is that kind of like Danny's life it's right good. all the time? Like you're <laughs> right. always, a blue shell is always coming. Oh my God. Right. Oh and my God. It, and it's a nightmare because then it like, it hardly ever lands, but you have something yeah. in you that, that like that doesn't mean it's gone away, you know? And like, it's, it's, you're right. That is a great reference. There's always that blue shell, which, uh, by the way, I was so frustrated with the most late, the latest developments to Mario Kart, where I spent all this time reading a blog and a forum about people that were, you know, because you know one of the things that Mario and you know Nintendo did is they have their patented algorithm that's about preventing the leader from running away with it, basically, right? And and so that's why when people say, why does it always seem like I get X, Y, and Z when I'm in four, five, and six, and why does it always seem that the guy in second and third gets this, and the first place person gets destroyed? Like that's actually a real thing that Nintendo did, and they try to have this really, really intuitive and awesome algorithm. But I have been so frustrated by like out racing my children, and then they get items and beat me, and they think they're better racers like there's nothing that makes you want to destroy an 11 year old self-esteem more than them beating you in mario kart over and over again am i can i get an amen to that i mean seriously like amen i'll go play uh smash brothers with my nieces and nephews and they're like we're gonna turn on all the items and i go i'm gonna turn off every item no items let's do this because you know they'll just they're just like throwing pokeballs at me and they're like doing these things. I'm like, no, 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 that, like that's just cheap shots. Like I'm right. going to go and they're like, Uncle Jimmy, ah, pff, you know, like that's right. Yeah. Take no, and they'll do yeah. this thing where they, they don't tell me what they did and I'll just start playing with them, Smash Brothers. And I'm, I'm chatting with, you know, my wife and whatever the game stars and they've turned on like, you know, like only blow guns or something, right? Oh. And and I'm just not ready for that, right? <laughs> and, like, and so they just destroy you with like some random weapon. But anyway, I'm sure we could talk about this forever. So, oh. well, just like that, another coffee house blunders comes to a close, <laughs> and and we will not pick the uh, F zero course, and we'll be good to go. I guess we'll just we'll, we'll end this on a final destination, a nice smooth classic classic episode here <laughs> danny this has been amazing have very safe travels to you good sir thank you um, i know you'll be in normal planes not in seaplanes but i do encourage you, know, you if you have an opportunity to do it uh, uh you know a chance of dying or just as high I, I look around the plane every time and i ask myself okay this is cool like if i died i would probably have a conversation with that person on the way down i think about that that's a good point yeah. You know, I just like I want to know who I'm going to have that that combo with. So, again, this is just really weird. I feel like somehow today we tapped into like, you know, the subconscious, you know, blue shell demons that haunt me. <laughs> the blue shells. Well, we'll see if we can shake them for the next episode. You can find us everywhere, all over the Internet on our Twitters. You can email us when you go to blunders.fm. You can leave comments on the shows. You can email us. We've got some awesome listener feedback last week. We hope it to hear from you soon. Until next week, uh, I'm James. That's Danny. I love you so much, buddy. I love you too. Peace out. Bye.